Hey, Deviants. Thank you for tuning in to We, we Say, Say Weird, Weird Shit. And welcome to We Say Weird Shit. I'm your one of two hosts. My name is Dave. <laughs> I'm Liz. <laughs> and today we have Rocco Paulo with us. How are you doing today, bud? Great. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm a songwriter as well as a screenwriter and also an author. So I've uh, pretty much dabble in everything to do with the arts. You pretty much have to um, kind of be a jack of all trades uh, if you want to uh, get things done. So that's pretty much what I do is uh, both in music as well as for film. Oh, okay. I can relate with that. I'm actually a musician um, and uh, I do podcasting on the side and at night I'm a stripper. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, how long have you been doing music for? Uh, a few decades now. I started, uh, well, when I was 16, I picked up a guitar and as soon as I picked it up, I started writing songs instead of like learning other people's songs. So I started learning obviously a couple of tracks from other artists and then I started writing and started hitting the studio around the age of 18, doing demos and, and stuff like that. And then, um, I got into rap for some uh, odd reason. Um, there was a studio that was kind of looking for uh, a rapper and I was just having fun with it, just going from club to club, doing some uh, some rap stuff. And uh, next thing you know, I was uh, recording for like the Eurodance type uh, recordings back in the 90s. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun, actually. That oh, sounds nice. like a lot of fun. <laughs> and we have... Uh... So with like doing, uh, you know, earlier on in life when you were doing like the self-taught uh, musician, um, have you ever taken any lessons like for anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did uh, start taking some guitar lessons at the very beginning, probably for maybe two months or so. And then after that, uh, once I pretty much had a grasp of the, uh, the basic chords, your majors and your minors, then it just became a question of um, just writing. So I was writing, and then when I was in the studio working working with other musicians as well as a sound engineer who was um, a musician himself, they kind of you know kind of taught me um, a bunch of you know ways to 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 make the changes here and there. So it became like kind of learning process as as you were going along. Oh, right on. Yeah, I respect somebody who's self taught more than I do somebody who like goes to college for like you know playing guitar. You know what I mean? I just <laughs> I can't, I don't know. I think that if you learn music theory in general, um, it's almost like you have walls around you, you know, and like you can't go past those walls. There's no door. There's nothing. I mean, yeah, you play well, but you're confined within a a certain key. If you're playing a certain key, you know, Uh, like, for example, myself, every song that I write, I'm in like three different keys. 
um i just can't get away from it i i I love the change in key you know sound uh would you say that you do any of that i have done that Uh, i pretty much i've i've done songs in different genres as well so very prolific in that aspect so you know i've done hip-hop i've done hard rock i've done um blues uh, i've done pop so i kind of like go all over the place which In the beginning, obviously, was a big issue with a lot of the record companies. They were like, um, sorry, bud. And that's why I kind of like today's world where I can just do what I want. Right now, I work basically with three main monikers. One that does kind of blues. uh, The other one that's kind of pop country. And then the other one is kind of like a mix of could be hip hop. Um, So I I try to um, diversify. But now I, I do it under three different names mostly so that it. You know, if they say, well, you got to categorize your music. Okay, well, i trying to by creating three different personalities. <laughs> right. And what would you say is your favorite genre to play? Uh, for me, it definitely would be blues. Blues is the, because um, what I like about blues is when I would perform live is like I'm doing covers, <laughs> but a lot of people don't know these songs. I would pick obscure blues songs as well. So it would feel original to me. Plus you do your own take on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to perform it like a top 40 band. You do, you know, if I'm taking, you know, a BB King song and just basically changing it completely, you know, grabbing a song that's usually a slow song and speeding it up, just having fun with that. And I've also done, you know, a lot of Elvis um, Presley stuff. Even um, I've gone as far as actually donning the, uh, the 70s outfit and um doing doing that for you know special occasions it's 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 at first i wasn't keen on doing that but it's actually but it's actually amazing in the sense that you know as soon as you walk in the room even if there's four people in the room the uh the energy is incredible right i go Mm -hmm. you know when i'm in a bar you know with my band and we're just performing in front of even 50 people I don't get the same energy as in the jumpsuit <laughs> right. walking into walking into a room like they, everybody goes crazy. So it's a great feeling for sure. Oh, so absolutely. I, I enjoy that. Kind of gives you that bravado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, like in in life, I'm not one to be around people myself. Like I don't like to. I don't like to surround myself with a lot of people all at once. You know, I hate going to the supermarket for that very reason. Um, but when you're on stage, it's a whole different feeling because I, I guess the attention's on you, you know, and, um, how about yourself? Do you have those same kind of like, you know, uh, qualities as far as like being out in public around people or do you, are you a more of a people person? I'm a people person, but it took a long time to get there. Um, so starting off, I was very, very shy. Um, difficulty being around other people. And then um, as soon as, like you said, going on stage, I would, it would be night and day. Like I'd be a completely different person. I'm all over the stage going crazy and then get off the stage and you're, you're back to being a little hermit in, on the side. Right. Yeah. Um, but I started realizing that um, I forced myself at, at times to be more social because I know that it's it's very important to do so, like to go around, you know, doing the whole smiley thing, shaking hands, doing the whole right. politician shaking hand thing. And o- over time, it's it becomes natural. And so now I, you know, I try to walk into a room and I try to suss it out. 
But just to give you an example, even after all the years of doing that, you know, like I said, when I started doing film, at one point I was at a film festival in my hometown was for me, it was a dream come true. Here I am, you know, getting to be in front of the, the screen, presenting my short film. And we would have these happy hour uh, every day. And it was just like all other filmmakers and stuff. And I, I didn't know anybody. And I would just like kind of like sit in the corner and, and not really have any conversations with anybody. And then this one guy just came over and he just, he was loud and fun. And he just basically took me out of my shell, started introducing me to everybody. And then the party began. So I found, I guess cause it was a different medium. And plus I didn't have a stage really. Right. right. So it was like, I'm at this film festival I'm at this happy hour where it's like, it's the time to, to schmooze and to, to mingle with everybody. And I wasn't doing it. I was mm. like, I don't know what to say. I don't know who to talk to. Like, well, what do you say? Like, you know, Hey, right. I made a movie. Everybody else made a movie too. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you, what do you say? What do you do? Like what's, what's the, the, you know, the line you're going to use. And this guy was really, um, he really, you know, took me out of my shell. And um, so I appreciate that. So now I go to certain little filmmaker gatherings and uh, try to be a little bit more, uh, more present and just, you know, asking people what they do, what they're here for and just start the conversation rolling. Yeah. I like that. So, so um, uh, oh, go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no, I was no, just you- going to ask what kind of films you make. Um, again, it's kind of a, I'm all over the map, but um, I I have a film that we just did right now. Um, so basically, yeah, for 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 genres, I've done drama, I've done uh, you know thriller, I've done, and they're all zero budget films. And so basically, we're talking zero dollars. Right. So I just did one in January. I decided, you know what, I want to do a feature film again, zero budget. How am I going to pull this off? So. I had to, of course, write a script that I knew would be able to be done. So like no action sequences, no special effects and makeup and all this kind of stuff. So I wrote something that was quite simple because at the same time I said, I want to shoot this in two to three days. So mm-hmm. a feature length film, I figure between 70 and 80 minutes over a two day period. So it has to be very few in locations. So I ended up shooting at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a bunch of actors to come in. So I had six actors, you know, we would do these readings sort of like we're doing right now on a zoom call. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the day before, um, the shoot, one of them just quit. So I was like, now I'm down to five. What do we do? Cause at this point we've learned most of the lines, very important lines. So we had to kind of scramble and we made it work because, uh, right now I've sent the two, the film festivals. And it's already been picked up by three, and we won at two of them so far. So it's um, I'm quite quite pleased with the uh, with the outcome. The cast was amazing. My crew was great. I had a crew of two, and um, yeah. So there was like nothing to do with lighting or makeup. It was really like let's try and shoot as much footage as we can in two days' time. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, so you're a filmmaker as uh as well as a musician do you act at all like do you do yes i do okay um yeah i did watch a few of your videos on uh on youtube um and uh you know i noticed i i noticed that it was the budget you know the zero budget i could see it in the video but it's professionally done 
I, I, I kind of like that, you know, so, um, what kind of, was it like more practice that got you into that professionalism of, uh, video, you know, uh, videotape, well, videotaping, but basically, uh, recording, you know, your own, um, stuff. Was that like, you know, the professionalism yeah, I mean, behind it, did that take like practice or did you get pointers from people and just kind of, you know, apply them? I mean, I've had a video camera since high school. So mm -hmm. we're talking, you know, um, several decades ago. <laughs> and um, so I've always been, you know, videotaping just about everything I could, right? So I learned on the fly. Uh, I do have a couple of friends that are photographers, so I would hang out with them as well, help them out at times, be their assistant. So, um, and then of course I've taken a few courses as well as, um, one particular school where I took a course on directing. So I just, and also try to get pointers now, obviously by watching YouTube and, and things of that nature, but I've always had a keen eye for, um, for framing. So the way images should be framed, and that's just something that's come naturally. I still do a lot of that in my photos. Like I'll, I'll be somewhere and somebody's like, what are you taking a picture of? Like, there's like nothing there. Like there's a pole and a can, like, what are you, what are you taking a picture? And then they see the picture and like, oh my God, the angle you took it at. And mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, all of a sudden it, it looks like a, a really cool image, but looking at it visually in front of you, it's like, what's, what right. is there? And yeah. I just, I just imagine it right away. So I've got a very creative way of, uh, of thinking. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, I guess, probably has a lot to do with the fact that I'm left-handed. <laughs> right. I try to put on that. So um, so I just always been uh, creative, uh, even as a, as a young child. So I've always um, kind of didn't really, f like my family has no, there's nobody in my family, immediate family, that has done anything with acting or anything to do creative. Mm. You know, um, so it, I don't know where I got it from, but I just always had an interest um, for, for that kind of stuff. Right on. And, uh, you know, I, I've i tried the whole framing thing. It doesn't work for me. Like, do you remember back in the day when, like, you know, you had to take a picture at an angle to make yourself skinnier? Never happened. I've always been fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to wear black. You got you to gotta wear black. Black is a thinning. And then you get, yeah, there's different ways to shoot it for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've always been a fan. I, I don't know. I make black look fat too. It's all good though. I mean, you know, I'm surprised you didn't invent this selfie stick as far as you hold the phone out when you're taking a picture. <laughs> oh, I know. It's amazing. Isn't it? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> well, back in the back before the whole camera thing, I mean, I would always take a broom handle, right, and just have the camera, you know, I had a small little camera in the corner, mm -hmm. uh, and I would just try really hard to tap it with my <laughs> with my my broom because I didn't have a timer or anything. On so, it, but... in essence, you did create the selfie stick. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I mean, right? Uh, I think I think you should petition for uh, for some sort of uh, credit on that. <laughs> um so it also says here that you're an author as well yeah are you so, uh, um are you i've written three books oh three books that yeah. was actually going to be the question i was going to ask is if you were a published author yeah okay. so there's three books again uh, all over the map so one's a children's book called um the wasp who thought she was a bee so it's basically about you know accepting yourself 
for who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did a travel book, which is uh, again a true. This one's a true story. So it's about called gallivanting through Europe with young children, because we had like a you know a toddler and a baby, and we were just talking about okay, we're going to go to Italy and and Greece, and people are like saying, are you are you nuts? Are you nuts? So by day two, I realized maybe they were right. Um, so I started seeing strange things were going on, a lot of funny stuff. So I started writing it down like a diary and that became a book. So it was like, so, so instead of chapters, it's, you know, day one, day two, day three, all the way till I think day 21 or something. So that's, um, that book. And then the third book is, uh, one that deals with, um, more, um, Strange, but obviously also still true stories called the Damu Chronicles, emails with a Sumerian god. And uh, the first thing people will say is, well, how is it true? There's a Sumerian god and there's emails from that Sumerian god. (laughs) This is is bullshit. (laughs) And the thing is, what it was is this happened again many, many years ago. It didn't happen to me. It happened to somebody that I knew. So this was a co-worker and I... We would always have these conversations, conspiracy theories. We were all into that kind of stuff, you know, talking about aliens, talking about that. Then we went our separate ways, still in the same company, but we switched departments. So we didn't see each other for a while. Then he contacts me saying, hey, Rocco, uh, funny email you sent me. And I said, what are you talking about? What, what email are you talking about? But ah, you know, come on, it has to be you. Like nobody else would send me this email. It's, it's, it's about kind of stuff that we talk about. I said, can you forward it to me? I want to see this email. So he forwards it to me. It's a long rant email, basically just telling my friend, stop. Everything you're talk- saying is, is BS. You don't know what you're talking about, on and on. And I said, okay, you know what? I like what's, you know, this person's writing. Can you keep the communication going? And my friend didn't want to. He's saying, that, you know, I know it's you. Stop it, stop it, stop it. But then he finally eventually started, um, you know, doing the communications back and forth. And the information was really interesting. It was a very original um, kind of um, ideas of the origins of mankind, uh, alien races and stuff that I did not uh, come across at that time. So it was it was new, a new viewpoint of of the way things are. Yeah. So um, more people got involved because, of course, I started printing all these emails. I left them on my desk. Coworkers were picking them up and everybody's like saying, what is this stuff? Like, <laughs> they're all like, excited about it, wanted more stuff. So everybody started asking questions to this, to this you know, entity or person we don't know. And it started going back and forth like that. So, um, so that's how the book came, came about because then the person did come out and indicate they were Damu and they were Sumerian god. And at the time, because this was the early years of uh, of the internet, when I looked up Damu, I couldn't find anything. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's no Sumerian god called Damu. But if you check now, you'll see there's Damu is the vegetarian god. So I was like, okay, well, you know, it seems <laughs> seems legit at least on that part. This person came up with a, an actual god that that you know I could I can find today. Um, and it was just it was just a very very interesting like six months or so of just this whole um, ordeal. It was really, it was really, really, really cool. I found in the end. I fucking love that. There's a God for vegetarians. <laughs> fucking dying out. Oh my God. No vegan one though, right? There's no, no there's vegan no God. Vegetarian's fine. Yeah. You still can have your eggs. You're fine. So. <laughs> 
I think I think if there was a vegan god, you would get sick of him really quick. It would be like every seven minutes you would hear, "Hey, did you know I'm vegan?" <laughs> yeah, because vegans vegans are what used to be the uh, person who just quit smoking, right? Because the person who quit smoking is always the most loud non-smoker in the oh, room, right? Yeah. Sort of like, and now the, the vegans have taken that that role. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and Damu, Damu, the vegan or the vegetarian god? <laughs> well, well not a vegetarian; he's a vegetation god, right? Oh, so. vegetation! I thought you said vegetarian. That's yeah. why I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's about oh, agriculture and stuff, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm done with life. So, you know, growing your crops. I mean, basically, the stuff that you put on your meat, that's what Damu was taking care of. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stuff my meat eats. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, basically, you just kind of write what's in your world. Like, you write what's... It, it, it's it's inspired by what's happening now is that correct yeah. yeah i mean yeah so like the next two books that i'm i'm uh writing one is going to be just a bunch of short stories again a lot of the short stories are or well i would say all of them are true and then the other one after that is going to be about my music years so it goes from when i started music you know all the bands or or even some of these, you know, celebrity people that I've, I've met through the years. Um, so just, you know, going to put that together, just kind of, you know, so I can keep a kind of like a, a catalog of sorts uh, for myself more so than anybody else. And so that is pretty awesome. Um, and where could our listeners pick up your books at? The books are available on Amazon mainly. Obviously, you're going to find them on Barnes and Noble. Uh, Apple and some of the other uh, big ones, uh, and it's available in ebook format as well as physical copies. So you're able to get because uh, they're all print print on demand at this point. And Liz, yeah, Liz just sent there. me a uh, a copy of one of your books just now. <laughs> 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 she she just sent it to me. Um, cool. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up that uh, that Damu book. Um, I, I definitely. He's not a vegetarian, honey. <laughs> not a vegetarian. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I was really hoping, man. My fingers were crossed. Um, but you know, I mean, like Greek gods—they—they they fucking had uh, a fucking god for everything. Like there was a flatulation god. There was a, you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, to a certain degree, even if you look at in today's world, you know, where people are saying, well, there's one God. I mean, yes and no, because if you look at uh, even if, you know, there's a Trinity in, in the Catholic, right? So there's, mm-hmm. you know, God, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus. And then there's like a bunch of saints and then, you know, Virgin Mary. And so th- there's a long list of technical other gods or demigods or, you know, so even though they will say, no, 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 it's just one God. It's like, no, no, no. When you go to the Vatican, which I was just there this summer there's like tons of statues all around the outside, right. Of different saints and stuff. And basically they're all treated as, as, as gods. So now, when you were at the Vatican, did you try to sneak into the cellar? <laughs> I, well, I've been in the, in what we call the basement or the, I guess where they, they keep some of the, uh, uh, the coffins and stuff. I've yeah. been there years ago. 
Um, but um, no, they, they, there's, I guess there's certain areas that you're not allowed. But I don't know if you saw, there's a short film I just did recently where I, I play an archbishop and uh, it's an Italian mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. So it's, it's the true story um, of, I guess, this guy named Roberto. He was a banker and um, he was supposedly committed suicide, but, you know, chances are he was killed by either the mafia or by the Catholic church. Yeah. And so that's, it's a very short film just basically showing how it could have possibly been. And it was really neat wearing the, you know, the full gear and stuff. Oh, I'm sure. It's really cool. I'm sure. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in those forbidden spots. You know, you hear about them documents they have in there. I just kind of want to take a gander. I wouldn't be able to read it. I have no idea what the fuck they're going to say. I'll just be like, huh. Now that looks like a fucking official document. And then that would well, be it. That would that, be the uh, end of it. Don't they well, I mean, you're not even they... allowed in the Vatican City. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. they do say that the Vatican has, like, the largest uh, collection of pornography. So, you know, you don't need to read that. <laughs> oh, no, you definitely don't. Um, but, you know, if I get <laughs> pornography, it's it's solely for the articles, babe. It's always been the articles. Always. Yeah. It's always about the articles. Yeah, it's always, it's always the articles. Why do you think they fucking came up with, uh, what was that, uh, Hustler thing? Uh it was like these little mini magazines that they used to come out with. Uh, I don't remember the fucking name of them, but yeah, it was uh, basically it was just all stories. There's no pictures like that took a fucking fly. <laughs> like, yeah, if it's all about the articles, bro, that went downhill quick. Um, and we know that now with with the Internet, you know, all the porn oh, sites are out there. Yeah. It's all about it's all about the pop up ads, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> And see, my thing is, my thing is, is like, I thought about starting an OnlyFans myself uh, to showcase my feet, because I do have some pretty feet. Um, <laughs> um, remember, we do say weird <laughs> shit. You got to keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, you know, with all the porn that's out there on the Internet right now for free, I don't think I would make any money. And I do have some fucking class A, class a feet. Just saying. Um, yes, you floss, floss between the toes. That's right. I do it with all, with, with, with both my digits. <laughs> um, so, um, I gotta know, would you be willing to perform a song for us before you head out today? We are perform a song. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. You got, you got an acoustic around somewhere, right? Do I? Oh, look, there it is. <laughs> do I? <laughs> I'm not sure I do, but uh. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, I, I personally wouldn't mind it. Um, I play one of my simpler ones. Let's see if it's even in tune. But I believe in you, kid. You got this. Enough. Try to hide 
Hoping that could make things better Cause I know The feelings there, yeah, deep inside I cry for love And I try To let you know, yeah, cause I better Thank you very much. That was beautiful. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. So, um, uh, going back to your music, I kind of yeah. want to uh, pick your brain a little bit about how your writing process starts with writing a song. Um, I know everybody's a little bit differently, but I, you know, I'd like to hear yours. It's all depending. Like if I'm, um, most of the time I'll either pick up a guitar or, you know, sit at a piano and just start playing around and then a melody will come into play while I'm, you know, working on different chords. And then after that, the lyrics come out. So I find the songs, I, I find myself more of a channeler. Like I, I don't sit there and say, I got, I got to write, I got to write. Um, it just kind of, I get inspired um, yeah. A lot of times it could be just from a song that I've heard on the radio where I'm just like, oh man, I wish I wrote that song. What a great song. And I sit on the piano, I write a song. It doesn't sound anything like that, but at least that was, you know, that was in my head when I was sitting at the piano or uh, on the guitar. Yeah. Um, so that's that. But obviously when I'm doing film, like for the dinner party, which is the film that uh, the 70 minute uh, film that I just did, that's more soundtrack like. So I have to try and, and write that one's more technical in the sense that I have to look at the clip and figure out, well, what's the best music to kind of be underneath that particular scene? You know, is it a tension right. moment? Is it, uh, you know, so that's, that's a different process. Yeah. It's a bit more situational when it comes to film audio. Um, but yeah, the way I write my songs is almost identical. Uh, sometimes I'll hear something that inspires me on the radio uh, here, this is this is what I like to call it. every rose has its thorn. <laughs> oh, we can't. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, you can have the same titles. You know, if I write a song called "I Want to Hold Your Hand," you're allowed. It's it's not Damn. you can't copyright a title. Oh yeah, no, and I I could do at least fifteen seconds of my song. Every rose has its thorn. <laughs> It's, You're gonna have to play royalties yeah. now. You realize that eh? after 15 seconds, we're 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 good for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we. Um, I I keep going back to the music because you know that's what I can relate to you with the most. But um, Liz, do you have any questions? What do you What for? do you play? What do you play? Babe? What do you play? A little bit of everything. I um, mostly guitar. Um, I play rhythm. Um, and I okay. sing, it, yeah, I sing for my, my current band right now. And, um, actually I'm, I'm weird. Um, I can't sing for Dick, but I prefer to sing. Does that make sense? That's fine. I mean, yeah. I've always been the, I mean, I've had people tell me stop singing. Uh, it's usually from, you know, again, the, um, seasoned, um, 
trained musicians mm. versus the people that come see the show um, where they'll run up to me and say, oh, it was amazing. It was amazing because, you know, a lot of, of the acts that are out there not don't necessarily have a great voice, but they bring a lot of energy into, yeah. onto the scene. So, you know, I mean, but then again, look at Bob Dylan, right? I mean, it's, you know, he's gotten awards for being best, best, you know, singer, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, he's a great storyteller. But he's don't, you know, don't tell me he's a great singer. Yeah, he's a hell of a storyteller, but don't, you know, him, Leonard Cohen, it's not like these are people that um, should really be behind a microphone, but look, it's worked out great for them, right? So who's to say? It's funny that you mentioned that. So uh, Bob Dylan is Liz's favorite uh, musician. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I torture him with Leonard Cohen all the time. And she tortures me with <laughs> Leonard Cohen. There is... Literally, not a day that I listen to a fucking famous blue raincoat that I don't want to fucking slit my own throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he, I mean, Leonard Cohen, you know, has the, you know, the the title of the most depressing song ever written, right? With Hallelujah. Oh that's yeah, like, like, that's like on 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 most lists of the most depressing song oh my ever God. written. And it's funny how people take that song out of context. Like it is it's a funny that it song. was so big in like what Shrek. Yeah, it was that big was... in Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that kids movie, Shrek. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> kids movie. <laughs> no wonder all these fucking kids now are all fucked up. <laughs> they fucking they got exposed. Well, they got exposed to a Leonard Cohen song. That wasn't Leonard Cohen singing it. <laughs> But yeah, they're all fucked up now. Um, I think a lot of it has but, to do with his voice too. It's like so just It's droll. And, yeah. I like it's, it. I heard I like it. I mean, droll yeah, I mean it's the secret there, That's 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 the thing, right? So I'm sure they've been told probably like crazy, at least in the beginning of their careers, like don't bother, right? I mean it's mm -hmm. it's almost a given. That they were probably told that, like, have somebody else sing your songs. And they have had other people sing their songs. I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, Jimi Hendrix and, you know, um, even Guns N' Roses for, you know, for, for Bob Dylan. That, you know, kind of showed, showed what it sounds like when there's actually, you know, a melody uh, <laughs> behind the lyrics. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but there's nothing to say. Like, there's, there's great singers out there for sure. And today, obviously, there's only auto-tune singers out there. So they're oh kind of like, God. you know, they're just kind of like showing the fact of, of the matter. You know, Drake being one, for example, who, you know, it's like, I'm a rapper, but I sing too. It's like, yeah, but you don't sing live, really, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you can you can auto-tune all day long. I mean, I sound great with auto-tune. Um, but Jesus Christ, they turn that, they, they turn that knob all the way up. Don't they, they just fucking do it. And it just sounds like a fucking computer. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, because sometimes I think one of the main reasons they turn it all the way up, because that's how far off they are from the, the actual note. Right. Right. Yeah. They take that threshold and they put it all the way up and then they, and then they, and then they put the sensitivity all the way down. <laughs> oh man. And yeah, it's uh, it, and the end result is basically a T Pain song. But you know what's really weird is because I mean, you know, like for example, I think Post Malone, Post Malone, um, auto tuned to the max. But mm -hmm. did you see him doing tracks by like 
Nirvana and stuff where he's like that guy actually has the a guitar. voice. Yeah. And I was just yeah, but he doesn't seem like he can sing the songs he's famous for. Right. <laughs> right. But I was like always really impressed. I was like, yeah, he's got you know, he's he's got the energy. And the energy, like I said, is for me is in the emotion are two of the first things that I look for yeah. in a performance more so than the ability to sing. Cause if, you know, for example, if I think, you know, Jennifer Hudson, she, she can really sing, but I find that she, what she does, she doesn't do the subtleness, you know, like all her songs are her screaming away. Like she right. can hit those notes and she just does it 24 seven. And sometimes it's like, Whoa, let's just, you can be, you know, like take, mm. take it back a bit. This is a ballad. You don't have to start belting it out from the first note. Right. Um, you know, and that's what I'd like to see from somebody like her is just like, we know you can sing. There's no doubt about it. Now let's see you just whisper. And I'm curious to hear you <laughs> whisper. <laughs> and it's funny because like Liz and I, you know, we're we're 40 years old we're we're prodigies of uh, or i'm sorry we're children of the 90s you know like when we were growing up grunge was getting you know was big and then it wasn't you yep. know and then like it, it, but that gave birth to like new metal and you know all these other things and um you know so that's pretty much what we were like exposed to growing up was that, like that raspy you know but when we when Post Malone came out, her and I would always like, man, that guy looks homeless. Like, <laughs> man, like he is dirty as fuck. Like he's the kind of guy that you would like expect to see living outside of his mother's house. Um, you can smell him through the computer or the yeah. phone or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but then I I think back to when we were kids, and then to look at Kurt Cobain. With that long stringy hair, you know, and, uh, you know, like he, he wore jeans that he wore when he was a teenager, you know, uh, he was very modest in what he, he, you know, he never bought new clothes. And if he did, it was for a photo shoot and that was it. You know, he was just like the guy that everybody would say, man, that guy looks homeless. So, I mean, you know, it kind of shows you with the generational thing. Once you get older, you just kind of hate, 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 hate on all the new stuff that came out. Oh, yeah. For but sure. I've been noticing more and more lately that I'm getting into more and more music recently, like stuff that's been put out within the last five years, you know, um, based upon whether or not the person actually can show they have talent. Um, like Liz and I, we're pretty outspoken on our podcast. We actually listen to a rapper. His name's Prof. Um, he's pretty underknown, but he's getting bigger. Um, and he doesn't just rap, but he actually has a voice, you know? And I found more and more that we're starting to get into this and I hate to like some of these people. <laughs> now, what, you being in the industry and everything like that, um, is, is that something you can relate with or do you just kind of keep an open mind when you walk into the studio? Um, yeah, I try to keep it open mind, but like, you know, talking about what you're just saying, for example, I mean, when Justin Bieber came onto the scene, I was like, what is this? Like, you know, it's, it's I think the world was like that, whatever. (laughs) But then I saw him behind a drum set. I saw him playing guitar. I heard him sing acapella and I was like, you know what? This, This guy actually has talent. I have to give him that. I mean, I can hate on him all I want, but he actually is a musician, you know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, so it's like, 
yes, you can, you know, just because he had that, you know, pretty boy, uh, he was, found, you know, he was discovered by Usher and all that stuff. That Wasn't he like 13 like, when he was discovered? Something like that. You know, he was doing covers yeah. on YouTube and it was Usher and I think Akon who, you know, kind of fight over who, who discovered Justin Bieber. And, you know, and, you know, he was obviously like with most artists, even today, kind of groomed to be what, you know, he became. And, um, but at the same time, like I said, when I saw him actually playing instruments and just singing, same thing with Justin Timberlake. When I saw him, I went to see him live and he had like, you know, this a whole Memphis, like older generation band behind him of amazing musicians. And he was playing guitar and he was, you know, singing away. And I was, you know, I, I get more respect. Harry Styles, same thing. I think that he's, he's one to watch out for. He's got, you know, longevity. He's, he's, his songs are very catchy, but at the same time, today's, I find that today rock and roll, you can't even find it anymore. Like it doesn't exist. Like there's no hard rock group out there that's on the charts or on the radio anymore. And at least with Harry Styles, you know, I see him hanging out with Stevie Nicks and stuff like that. So he's, he's, you know, he's the new rock and roll, I guess you can call hitting in that direction. He's had a couple of tracks that kind of, you know, verge on there, but it's hard to find a song with a guitar anymore. I find. Oh man, look on Spotify or Apple Music. Yeah, Spotify, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You have to go out and look for it. But uh-huh. I'm just saying, uh, you know, if you're looking at a Billboard chart, you're looking at these award shows. Oh yeah. Uh, no. What, what's what's being commercially put out there, there's no, like, I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is putting Jay-Z and, you know, people, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because there's no more rock and roll per se. Like there is, mm-hmm. like you said, you have to go out and search for it. But if the radio stations aren't playing it, and you know, and and the TV award shows aren't aren't promoting it, then the average person is not hearing it, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and like, I've also noticed that I've actually like myself. And look, again, forty years old, not really looking to make it big, but I've kind of found myself learning with the times. Like, for example, um, I've learned how to use a uh, you know a, a production software like FL Studio and stuff like that so i can produce some more electronic music and whatnot and i have i've produced some uh, electronic music it's not as fun as actually sitting down with a guitar and actually writing a song you know because there's i don't i I wouldn't say that there's less involved because it's very intricate you know you have to kind of figure out what note sounds good with other notes it could take hours it could take days it could take weeks to create a song you know yeah um whereas with a guitar you know you sit down and you just play chords until stuff stuff just starts to click and uh i'm like you i'll sit down and i'll i'll play a melody um and what i might do i have a song called time to pass um and liz and i actually wrote that together and we sat in our apartment for 10 hours straight listening to the melody that i wrote over and over and over again while she let me tell you she mm-hmm. is the most distracted person I think I've ever met in my life where she's like, I want to write a song with you. And I'm like, great. This is the feeling I have for this song. And we need to put words to that feeling. And uh, we're sitting there on Easter. It was two years ago on Easter. And uh, she was like, I'm going to take a nap. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of the first ver- first uh, verse. What do you, you know, you can't nap on this shit. Let's do it. You know? Um, and I don't know, I just find so much more, um, 
reward in that, you know? Um, yeah. Have you ever sat down with a, uh, like a DAW, um, like FL studio, not necessarily like, you know, the ones that you just straight up record on, but like FL where you will point and click, point and click until stuff just starts to make sense. Yes. I, and to tell you the truth, I've kind of gotten more respect for people that, that work with samples. Um, in the last, I'd say three or four years, I've actually done a, a few songs where it's just all samples and it's a lot of work. It's, yeah. it's very time consuming. You got to find, like you said, you got to find the right note to go with this or, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. So at the same time, it's, it's cut and paste. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. And, you know, and in the end, I'm like, well, I just written a song that I would never have written before because I would never have come up with this, you know, like you oh, said, yeah. picking up a guitar. So it's different. Do I think it's it's less of, um, you know, for me, yes, because, you know, I, I can't pick up the guitar and do so, but I don't knock it like I probably would have done in the past. Right. I found a I found a respect for it, too. I just find more reward in sitting down with a guitar. Yeah. Um, totally agree. And, uh, you know, uh, our theme music is actually made out of samples. I, I do, uh, samples for our themes, you know, uh, even the, the memoirs of a modern marriage, I did the samples for that and everything. And it, it can be easier, but it also can be very time consuming. Um, but, uh, we are almost at our 45 minute mark. So what I would like to do, um, is just let you have the stage, let us know what you have coming up. Um, and, uh, tell, uh, everybody where they can find you, whether it's, you know, social media or, you know, Amazon or whatever, you know, whatever you got going on for you, it's your stage. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so I have the soundtrack coming out for uh, the, the dinner party film. I'm putting it out as two different LPs because they're under two of my monikers, one under Apollo I, the other, one, other one's under West of West. So uh, one's called the Dinner Party Soundtrack 1, the other one's Dinner Party Soundtrack 2. So there's four tracks on each. So that's the uh, the next thing. And then after that, there's a song I did earlier this year called uh, Doing Dishes, which is a country blues song and i like the melody i also like the music behind it and i felt that at the same time i was singing doing dishes i was also singing merry christmas so i will turn it into a christmas song and um turn change the lyrics because i can steal off myself right people say well that's the same melody same music yeah well it's the same guy right (laughs) you know so i'm not stealing absolutely and as far as where you can find me yeah exactly just uh you know and plus there's only 12 notes you know in in music right so you're yeah you're you're no matter what you're borrowing uh finding me is on facebook.com forward slash r-o-c-k-o-p-a-o-l-o-i so rocco paulo i and that's um my rocco paulo and i it's Rocco Paulo entertainer because at the same time, since I said dabble in about everything, I was like, well, do I put author? Do I put director? It's kind of hard to figure out um, what I am. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I do a bit of everything. I can, you know, I rap, I sing, I, I act, I do, you know, basically try to do everything under under the entertainment umbrella. Well, that's wonderful, and I will instruct all of our guests to. Uh, go check out Rocco Paulo. Um, and, uh, Rocco, I would like to have you on in a few, uh, in a few months again, uh, catch mm-hmm. up with you, see That'd how you're great. doing. Um, Thanks, you're definitely great. 
Yeah, and I would like uh, you to stay in touch with me because we might need to do some work in the future. Um, Sounds great. All right, and from us here at uh, We Say Weird Shit, I'm Dave. And I'm Liz. And we will see you next time. Bye.